I, I'm just fixated on your earrings. Oh, I think they're, I'm, like, they're, like, like, they're like Aztec surfboards. Oh, I like that. My <laughs> girlfriend got them for me for my birthday this year. They're, yeah, that's why if you see, I'm not trying to be a creep. I keep looking because oh, there's, they're, thanks. they're, they're really I'll cool. Have, I'll have to, I'll, that sounds like a song title, Aztec surfboards. <laughs> no, well, okay. Take the subway lights on Hello, sweet friends, and welcome to the Vandal Tron Curious World Podcast. Back in January, I was supposed to meet a friend in the Lower East Side, and he he bailed on me at the last minute. So, no big deal. We're all busy people. But I decided not to go home. I decided instead to poke my head into Rockwood Music Hall which is a venue that I used to go to very frequently to see friends play and, and so forth. Um, just on happenstance, I, when I was there, I, I really just expected to maybe have one drink and maybe just go home, but the musician that was playing that night was just so vivacious and really, she just had a great way of connecting to the audience. And her music was just amazing. And I just felt like this is an artist that um, that I'd really want to connect with. You know, uh, I, I just really uh, like high energy and really personable. So um, fast forward to the episode you're listening to. My guess is surprise that musician at that fateful night at Rockwood. Her name is Lily Virginia. You can find out her uh, her dates and all that good stuff at her website, lilyvirginia.com. Uh, this episode, unfortunately, was on the shorter side only because of scheduling. But we get into art and music and just, you know, life. And uh, she's an amazing human being. And, you know, just sitting across from her for the time that I had was magical and Lily if you're listening I hope we can do part two very soon she has a new album coming out uh, Play Me Twice which is very innovative it's audio as well as visual she gets into it she could explain it much more than my Neanderthal brain can uh, which is why you should go to her website Uh, (laughs) you can follow her on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff but here's the here's the kicker Lily is wants you to be a part of her musical journey she's actually giving out her cell phone number so you can text her what you think about her music or her art or anything you want to share with her are are you ready here comes that number 917-746 Zero seven two three, and I'm kind of chuckling because that's it's kind of nutty, but at the same time, it makes sense. I mean, we're all we're all a community. I mean, that's you're listening, and you could be in London, or you could be in your parents' basement, or in California on a beach, or you're driving. We're that's the power of you know the interwebs and all this kind of stuff is that we're bringing each other together.
uh, you know, through this conversation that we had, um, you know, it really made me realize that um, all our lives are really in transition. Um, I mean, we accomplish great things, uh, but we also are expecting complete disasters at the same time. I really feel like, you know, one of the hardest lessons is letting go, you know, whether it's guilt or anger, love or loss or betrayal. Change is never easy. Uh, we fight to hold on and we fight to let go. So wherever you are on this lovely day, whatever you're doing, if you are rollerblading in California or you are in your mom and dad's basement, uh, just know that we're essentially making sandcastles and every sandcastle that we make the tide is going to take it away all the good all the hurt it gets washed away and for the longest time in my young adult life I resisted that but the fact that our sandcastles aren't here forever that's actually great. You know, if you made a sandcastle out of cement, it would last longer, but nobody would really care. It's just different. And it's temporary, but I think that's the beauty of our lives. Um, anyway, uh, without a... I digress. Without further delay... Oh, by the way, a Lily's next show is at Rockwood Music Hall, Monday, February 22nd, on stage two, at 7 p.m. It's Monday, fuckers, so I know, what, what are you gonna do? Football season's over, and uh, I don't know what else goes on on Monday. Whatever you got going on in your TV, you can DVR that shit. It's, just come out. If you're in the New York City area, just come out. And, I'll be there, how, how you like that? How you can meet me? I know that's secondary, but nonetheless. Anyway, I'll, Oh, hush. Without further delay, my sweet and enchanting conversation with Lily Virginia. Then I love you more. because it's so different from the rest of the world. Um, I didn't get to the Bay Area until I was like six or so. We kind of bopped around. Are we, are we recording? We can. Okay. Yeah, here sure. we are. We're, yes. <laughs> so your, your levels are fine and right. we're, we're good. Okay. Cool. Well, um, but yeah, we... Do a kombucha cheers. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Cheers. Cheers. Here's to new friends, new conversations. <laughs> yeah, I was also born in Boston. Um, what city? In in Boston. Oh. Proper. Oh. Um, and. So basically, I'm just following you around. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not really. I'm, I know. Then, then we moved to Pittsburgh for a couple of years, um, and then when I was five, we moved to Nicaragua. 
Well, okay, um, so that's where our, our, our <laughs> that's paths depart. depart. Yeah. Um, my parents were both doctors, and they were working with the World Health Organization. Um, wow. So, um, and Nicaragua had just finished with a civil war, so it seemed like a really great place to go and bring two small children. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, but they were, you know, they were doing really good work there. And um, then after a year, it was, it was time to head out. Um, but I have amazing memories just because it was so different, you know, when you move to a new place, especially in your formative years, like, it pops out from everything. Like, I don't really remember, like, three and four, and, like, six to, like, ten is kind of, like, jumbled all in the same, you know? But, like... What was it like being such a outsider in that area? Um, you know, when you're five, you don't really have much of, like, a concept of self or, like, um, yeah, you're, you're not self-aware, you're just living, you know, um, but, like, I was such a wild child growing up, my parents really encouraged me to be outdoors and be athletic and, um, run around and, like, yeah, it was basically all outdoors all the time. Uh, sometimes the outdoors came inside. Like, I remember one day waking up and there was just like the walls and the floors were covered with moths. I moths? Yeah, just like, I had to like tiptoe to get to the kitchen to not step on any moths. Well, interesting because I, I had a, well, I didn't have a moth story, but when uh, I was a kid, all these, all these kids in the area were catching bees mm -hmm. and removing the stingers. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean terrible. these were these were like real like just asshole kids. <laughs> and like you do it. And I'm like, I'm not do are you well like you were you can get sting, you think you're like a well you little bitch. I actually had this I was so petrified that mm -hmm. the like this the mama bee, the queen bee would come find me and like <laughs> kill me. That that was actually my overriding fear. Uh -huh. But um no so your moth story just reminded me hmm. of like my my fear slash appreciation of, of insects. Insects, yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan of insects, but you know, I did try not to step on them. Um, and then sometimes scorpions would come in, so you always had to check your shoes before you put them on. And even well, I heard people who grew up in Arizona have to do that. Yeah, even now, like I have, I mean, we were only there for a year, but like if I feel something in my shoe. Like if I put it on here in New York, I'm like, ah, it's a scorpion. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. So you know. have you been stung by one? No, oh. absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's pretty, that's fatal, right? Yeah, it depends. I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a scorpion expert. But what? <laughs> that's what this whole show's about. <laughs> Scorpions. Um, but yeah, some of them are more fatal than others. Some of them, some of them, it's just like a really bad bee bite, I think, or... Paralysis or death, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I like those options. Yeah, but um, yeah. How'd you? Uh, so how'd you start getting into music and art and seeing the world and kind of the way that you do? Um, I'm not. Well, I don't. I don't know why. Um, I think like I started music. It was kind of like this very serendipity, magical moment. Um when I was in high school but what, to backtrack when I was like in like from ages 6 to 12 my parents had me do like piano lessons because it was like quote unquote good for me and I was terrible at it I hated practicing um, the only time there was like one year when I was 9 I was like okay if you pay me 
one penny for every minute I practice, you know? So I was like really like diligent about practicing, you know, 15 cents You could a negotiate day. a little more? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm actually not very money driven as it turns out. But well, yeah, a penny, I mean. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was terrible at it and eventually I quit. Um, and uh, I think part of the reason was that like piano like when you're a kid and you're just like sitting in the corner practicing like some old pieces of music that don't really resonate with you like you're kind of it's lonely you know there's like a loneliness to that practice um because at least my teacher wasn't like if you do this then like look at like you know then you could play in this band or like they didn't really make it relevant for me so right. no, my, my nephew yeah. was the same way he he was forced to play he was forced to take piano lessons, and my brother and his wife have no musical background. So he was like, "You might as well just like force him to cut the lawn." Yeah. And he was as soon as he, because they had it like you have to practice until this age. Mm-hmm. Once he was done, he was that was it. Yeah. And it just felt like, you know, what if he, if you just left him alone and he just found that or or found art or an instrument on his own? Yeah. You know, now I'm sure he's just like. That's probably like an allergic reaction to the piano. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I guess my, and I, I now, like, I, I work with kids as my income in music, and, um, and my approach is just kind of like, I don't really care if they're actually necessarily learning the specific things of the instrument. I work with a lot younger children, but it's just like, I want to teach them the joy of like interacting with music and um, and like the relevance of just like incorporating it into your life. Anyways, um, basically fast forward, I'm a teenager, I start doing this um, Brazilian martial art called capoeira. Oh wow. Um, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of Brazilians and a, the like biggest capoeira school or like the oldest capoeira school in my hometown, Berkeley. Um, and so I started doing that after, like in high school, um, and there's like music, and it's obviously very athletic, and um, and there's a sense of community, and there's just like, it's just I mean, it was an amazing experience, and I ended up doing it for seven years. Um, but in those first couple years of doing it, like, I was only interested in doing it because I was like, I want to learn how to do a backflip which I never learned how to do. Um, but, like, you get in... Funny how life works. I know, right? So you get into the middle of the hoda, which is means a circle, and um, people are clapping and singing, and, like, you're in the middle of all that energy while also, like, dancing, fighting, playing with your partner or opponent. Like, it's very fluid, these definitions. Um, but just, like, being surrounded by that energy, being surrounded by music... Um, a couple years later, I was like 16, came into the kitchen after hanging out with some friends, and I like was just by myself, and the song came to me. I started singing it, and I wrote it down, and it was like, you know, had a verse, a chorus, a bridge, a chorus, and it just like came to me in like its whole entirety. And it was just like this crazy experience. And I was like, wow, I just wrote a song. Like, I could do more of that. So I started writing more and more songs. They were terrible. Um, and then a few months later, because I was so motivated to write songs, I wanted to learn how to play guitar. 
Um, and so my parents got me guitar lessons and I just like, there was a reason to it. Like I wanted to do it and I fell in love with guitar and took lessons did, for years. Did we ever go back to the piano? Well, um, not really, <laughs> but now I'm actually like currently looking for uh, like a, a nice keyboard to compose on um, just because I have my habits now with guitar and I because I'm not very good at piano it makes it more interesting to write on because I'm going to hit those wrong notes that might be interesting right you know? I, that's great I think that's actually uh, refreshing to hear I think a lot of people shy away from things that that they're not good at and they enhance the things that they're already mm -hmm. good at yeah since I have you here there's sure. one thing that I, I've been meaning to ask um, sure so, yeah that's what, <laughs> we're gonna talk what um, the last song on your EP mm -hmm. um, it's uh, I, I forget that's the title it's called Yuriko Yuriko it I don't know why but it reminds me of my high school experience hmm. has nothing to do with high school. I guess it's more of the imagery because hmm. I know your music is a lot about imagery. Hmm. So it's, it's haunting mm -hmm. and it's like, uh, it's just very emotional for yeah. me in the sense of like, because high school for me was, I think like most people, just yeah. a bum, like just filled with a lot of jarring discomfort, mm -hmm. but it was, um, it was a, it was a, a, a moment where you experience discomfort for the first time like mm -hmm. that real discomfort and uh the the opening of that song just really kind of like dropped me in there mm -hmm. but in a good way like now i'm an adult so yeah. i'm not like having a panic attack or anything like that. <laughs> i'm but glad no other song has ever done that mm -hmm. in the sense of like transported me directly to a very specific time wow. on the first listen that's really cool Thank you. <laughs> so that was, I assume that's what you had in mind, right? To yeah, transport me back to yeah, my high school. I, I was like, you know what? <laughs> let's, let's think about high school in Virginia. <laughs> um, what, what's the question? Oh, that was just, oh, so yeah, so, um, <laughs> when you, uh, um, when you sit down and you, and a song comes to you, is it more, like how does that happen? Is it more visual? Is it more? Is it emotional um, message that comes in? I mean, is there? Do you? Know, how does that? How does a uh, that story come to you? Hmm. Um. And that's that's a tricky question. Um, not a tricky question, but like there's not one specific answer um, because anyone, as you know, who creates like creativity is kind of like this like. It's still this serendipity thing. You know, I've been writing for almost half my life now. I'm 30, I started when I was 16, and like every time I'm writing a new song, it's like, I'm so excited. I'm like 16 again. Like a new good song, like a song that like feels just like it feels right. Because, you know, I write a lot of just kind of songs as practice, as the craft. But like when the art comes to you and you know it's something, like, there's no other there's no other feeling like that. I mean specifically my kind of toolbox has has been in the past to um like I I've done like a lot of just kind of stream of consciousness writing like when I'm on the train, when I'm on the bus, like, you know, or just kind of like I'm just describing something. So like 
lyrically sometimes I go back to those things and like oh I don't remember writing this but like let me like play with some of these imagery images that came to me like that and then also um, I think the base of my songwriting um, like from the get-go from my first songwriting experience was just to have like some sort of melody some hook in my head that that like all of a sudden you know maybe I'm just like humming to myself and like it comes to me um, and the third kind of typical way that I write um, has been as I've gotten you know better on guitar is to kind of come up with a, a chord progression and then that leads to um, that leads to a melody and that leads to a feeling which I can then kind of write the lyrics around um, and I guess maybe like the fourth thing is life like living and like kind of processing an emotion and kind of having something that like I really want to say you know um, and like um, a lot of that first EP was written after um, not just like a bad heartbreak but also coming to terms with finding myself after that um, and, um, and navigating being young and single and an, like trying to be an artist in New York and kind of all of those shifts and growth and painful growth um, as you're trying to like not just not just discover who you are but like define who you are you right. know like there's one thing of like like oh this mind-opening experience of like oh my god I'm suddenly this I don't know if that was necessarily my experience it's more of like choosing to be who I want to be and working towards that um, and I guess in that process, like grappling with the different philosophies that come along with it. Um, so I think like those kind of four things have been my like my traditional songwriting tools. Um, but now when you asked actually about the piano, I'm kind of like I'm working towards um, I'm working towards like a new way of writing um, because I felt. I felt like I've kind of exhausted those possibilities for now, um, and I want to find new. I want to find a new sound for like my next next record, <laughs> um, and so I think what's been interesting about the four um, kind of tools that I've outlined is that they've all been like either auditory, visual, or very internal, um, and I, I tend to be like. I tend to be kind of like a auditory learner when it comes down to it, but I'm also very like a very like spatial learner, and I've kind of been like I want to get out of my head and like get into space and work with the space around me um, to find my like next way of writing. So I've kind of been working with that, and that's why I want to kind of work with a piano because it's like it's a different sense of space than the guitar. The guitar to me feels. It is visual and it is spatial, but like, it's also kind of I don't know. It does feel a little bit internal because I already am so familiar with it. Right. Um, do you mean in terms of the sound? It's more spacious. 
On the piano? Yeah. No, I mean just like... Like the literal... The like, literal, oh. like, physical sense of it. Um, not just like spatial, but like a physical way of writing. I want to be in my physical space. Right. You know? Um, and like the piano is just so... like, It's there. It's out in front of you. It's like you can expand into it. Um, so, yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... Um, yeah, I mean, I guess... Uh, you know, some people have a very specific well they go to, mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, um, like Stephen King, I know he writes like, I think like a thousand words or something. He has a word count and mm -hmm. he wants to do that. And then he swims in his indoor pool or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody's different, you yeah, know? Um, totally. and I think for your, your new project, you mm -hmm. know, what I was reading about, it's, you know, merging audio and visual if I'm correct mm -hmm. and I thought that was fascinating Thank you. and I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about that sure so um, by the way I, I, I'm just fixated on your earrings oh, I think they're I think they're like they're like Aztec surfboards oh I like that my <laughs> girlfriend got them for me for my birthday this year they're yeah that's why if you see I'm not trying to be a creep I keep looking because oh, there's they're thanks they're, they're really I'll, cool. have, I'll have to I'll, that sounds like a song title Aztec surfboards <laughs> No, well, okay. I will talk about this this album that I'm about to release, but um, but just also like going back to the writing process, um, this new way of writing is um, I've kind of envisioned the colors of what the, where I want to go next is like coral orange and mint green, but I don't really know what that means yet. I just am like I want to. Um, I just want to surround myself like spatially and visually with those co with those colors, um, and that was kind of the sense that I had when I was writing this album that I'm about to release. Of, I had already written a couple of the songs, um, and I was like, you know, the sound of this, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but to me, this album is gonna sound. It's gonna be bluish purple songs with silver gold shimmers, <laughs> like. That's that's how I that's was kind of like what I was going for, um, and so this album um, is an audio visual album, and um, we've released two of the songs um, in the middle of 2015, and we have um, five, actually six more songs to release. Um, but why it's an audio visual album? is that we um, video, we shot all of the footage live as we were recording the, the actual album. Um, and that was because like the format of music and the format of the album is shifting so much. And in this day and age, like not only from a strategic standpoint, but just from an artistic standpoint, like my purpose is to connect with people like to connect musically to connect in my performance and also in like the release and everything that I do what's a deeper way of connecting with my audience and my fans and like what's like ultimately I kind of think that's what art serves in a way it's like the more powerfully it connects with you like the more it's going to impact you in a variety of ways, but like ultimately it brings you to just experiencing that present moment, um, and like 
experiencing life more fully. So all of that said, I wanted to make an album that was not only musically, um, like musically, lyrically, and just like the whole package just draws you into the experience. Um, and what better way to do that than to like film it as we're recording it and bring the viewer and the listener and the fan into into the room with us. Um, so that was kind of the 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 vision behind it. So how should people experience the album? Um, well, so we're releasing, you know, like a series of, of music videos. Um, and they're all going to be hosted on my website, which I, I built a new website um, this fall to kind of... Which is? Which is lilyvirginia.com. <laughs> I'll put it in the intro, okay. but sure. Fantastic. And then, um, but more than that, like, you know, there's going to there's gonna be the audio that you can obviously, like, download. There's going to be the music videos that you can watch. There's the album artwork that I've been working on with an artist friend of mine. Um... And then there's also um, the fact that like you can text me. I've got a number for like my music fans that they can text me at. And um, basically, as we release this album, um, I'm going to be asking my fans and anybody that's watching to text me their questions. Wow. Um, and then, kind of like what you're doing, I'm going to be recording a podcast and answering people's questions. Um, so of the two videos that are out right now, people can text me their questions and I haven't yet recorded those, um, episodes, but then like as we release, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, um, and, and the last one, eight people like after every release, there's going to be like a few week window. People can text me their questions. We'll record the podcast. We'll release the podcast. And then, you know, like there's engagement and there's not just like. I want people to talk to me, you know, right. I want like a, to know. a community. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Centered around. So are the, um, are the, the visual components, are they in sequence? Mean like, should they watch them in order? Um, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, you know, I probably, I, there is going to be like an order to the album. I think that there's, um, validity and like having, a whole work that has like a beginning and an end and an aesthetic um but then also to like give into today's day and age of like people experience media separate from it's like you know separate from its album we're listening to songs we're not listening to albums necessarily though i hope that you will listen to my whole album because it's pretty awesome <laughs> yeah what, what what's your um view on that of, of how technology has kind of you know really altered the way we take in art mm -hmm. specifically music I think music has been influenced by you know the advancement of technology more than any mm -hmm. art form um, I have a lot of views on it um, some of them are conflicting um, I love that I can do what I'm doing. I love that. And I don't know that 20 years ago I would be able to be doing what I'm doing right now um, as right, an independent Eliminating artist. the middleman, right? And you're just yeah. kind of... I mean, you know, I definitely want a manager. I'd definitely be interested in, like, you know, signing with an independent label. Um, but, like, 
that's just more to have somebody on your team. Like people are doing this independently and you have artistic control of what you're doing. Um, and the budget is so much less. Um, so it's just greater access for a lot more people to be able to be artists. Whether they're making a living off of that or not, they can create it. And like, that's amazing. Um, on the other hand, I'm kind of a Luddite. I, I'm not, I actually, I'm, I'm pretty proficient with technology, but like, I get overwhelmed and overstimulated by too much information. Um, and so I find that like, it's too much, so I just don't listen to anything. Um, right, which I, I think that that's kind of like, um, that's what I've observed in mm -hmm. the sense that, um, you know, for all of the Lily Virginians in the world, you've got also, you know, people who are just pumping out things that are, however the listener wants to define, that are just, you know, thanks but no thanks. And because there's just, like you said, just the abundance of it. And mm -hmm. so there you get overwhelmed of like, yeah. well, I don't know what to choose from. So we go from listening to albums to, you know, to just downloading one song yeah. of like, oh, what's that song about? And mm -hmm. so then how do you get your, how do you get out there? Yeah. You know, how, how do you, I mean, I remember back in the 80s and 90s, you know, it was a, you're considered a, oh, you're a sellout for having your music in mm -hmm. a commercial. Oh my and, God, no, sell me out. <laughs> yeah, now, now, like, that's not even, that's not even up for debate. It's like, that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's very, very viable and, and commended. Yeah. Totally. Um, well, yeah, no, I, I think like ultimately I'm making art because I want people to hear it. I want people to connect with it. And the more people, the better. But like, I think also what technology allows for is like, you know, for me to be able to text people and me to be able to like connect with people on like Instagram or Twitter or like directly mm. um, and the barriers to the gatekeepers are so much lower um, and that's really cool um, simultaneously yeah there is this quote-unquote noise that people are like how do you cut through the noise and I'm also like well is it really noise it's like other people are creating things it's not necessarily just noise but I want a career too like I want to be able to do this for my life right. uh, I want to be able to be sustainable um, and that's really hard to do um, but then 20 years ago there there were so many less like fewer number of people that were even considered for that um, and especially like a singer songwriter like me I'm not pumping out pop hits necessarily <laughs> like I'm, I'm gonna put out some catchy tunes but like um, it's so cool that there's a place for that and that you can access the whole world and find your like your tribe you know right yeah um so i think like yeah pros and cons but ultimately like honing in on the people that really do want to listen to what you have to hear and really connecting with them is kind of like how i see the best way to move forward not only strategically but just in line with my own philosophy so i'm gonna I'm going to ask you a pretty tough question, but mm -hmm. I'm going to answer it too. Okay. Um, what are some of your musical guilty pleasures? Oh, musical guilty pleasures. Um, 
I don't know if I feel guilty about it, but I love like Justin Bieber's new stuff. That's <laughs> um, uh, pretty guilty. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, like, Sorry is great, and I love Drake's new. Um, of co- oh yeah, Hotline Bling. Like, what's great about it is I love so much world music, and I love like rhythms and like things that you can actually dance to. Um, so yeah. Totally all about that. Um. I think, yeah, to your point about technology, I think that's what I'm seeing a lot, and not just in music, but in, in TV shows, mm-hmm. you know, because of Netflix and stuff like that, that there is more variety in what people's tastes are, mm-hmm. whereas, you know, you know, 20 years ago, people were, oh, I listen to heavy metal, and mm-hmm. you know, or I listen to hip-hop, and, yeah. and that's kind of it, whereas... I don't know. I feel like people can now be very exploratory mm-hmm. and put their, you know, mitts into all kinds of things. Oh, totally. And not just music, too. It could be... I mean, I see this in, like... I see this in, like, in the culinary world. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and I see it in, uh, you know, different shows that people watch. Yeah. You know, they'll watch uh, reality shows, but they'll also watch, you know, like, Narcos or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a sucker. I, I don't was going to ask. I yeah. was like, hey, hey, <laughs> yeah, hey I'm to, I don't know why. I don't, well, I'm not going to qualify it. So, like, the R&B of the 90s, mm-hmm. where, like, <laughs> dudes are just being ridiculous, mm-hmm. of, like... Um, 112. 112, <laughs> of, like, guys who are, like, you've got, like, two dudes who are pretty much singing, and then the other guys are just kind of, kind of, like, lately dancing in the back. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, but, like, like, Color Me Bad, I have... Oh, I don't know that one. Color Me Bad was, I like, big, big and, like... 91 with I Want to Sex You Up. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, so all that stuff. Like, uh-huh. um, yeah, I, I I, can't justify liking it, mm-hmm. but I like it. So, yeah. I mean, whatever. Totally. Totally. Um, yeah. I mean, if it makes you feel good. Right. Like, or, you know, or makes you feel something, like, then it's great, you know? Um... Of course, like I do, I used, I, I did used to be like, oh, I don't listen to pop music, that's so stupid. Right, um, I think everybody had that. <laughs> but like, and yeah, it is kind of stupid. Like, literally, you know, some people analyzed music of like today versus either like a decade or 20 years ago. And like, now pop music is at like a one first to second grade reading level where it used to be like a third to fourth grade reading level right yeah um so but also too when you say you like something you're really putting yourself out there you're really being vulnerable Mm -hmm. you know it's pretty safe to say like i like the rolling stones Mm -hmm. well great yeah so what but you know if i come out here and say like i have michael bolton's entire collection (laughs) is that true (laughs) I have some of his songs. <laughs> and so people are like, oh my god, you're such an idiot. Well, fuck you. Uh. <laughs> but you're putting yourself out there. That's, yeah. you know, so it's like you, uh, you identify with the things that you admire. That's true. And it's like this, per- this, this art form is speaking to me and is representing me. Mm. Well, I would also, also have to argue that's a very like current way of like, understanding yourself in the world. Um, Absolutely. And I, I think I was reading, a, I don't know where it was from. I'm sure it was from a very, uh, you know, academic, well-sourced reading material. Who knows? <laughs> but it was just talking about, like, 
that the way that we define ourselves in the world is now becoming more of like what we like. You know, that's who we are versus what we do or who we are. It's like so much of what we consume is what who we see ourselves being. Uh, it's very tribalistic. It's mm. it's um, we want to associate ourselves with groups, right? For you know, again, building that community. Yeah. You know, um, you know whether it's like a certain brand of sneakers or mm-hmm. a sports team or um, you know I like this soft drink or I listen to this type of music. Mm-hmm. So it's like I want to put out to the world that I associate myself with. It's yeah. almost like a branding, but yeah, like totally. you know, I do these things so. You know, that's how I want you to to group me and categorize mm-hmm. me. Totally. Um, I think uh, that that is something that may be with us for a long time. Yeah, or who knows where where we're going next? Yeah, maybe we'll get into like DNA of like <laughs> what's your what's what do you what's your bloodline? Like? <laughs> well, I think uh, I heard that they're starting something in the UK. Yeah, did you hear about this? Uh, the CRISPR. Do you know anything about that? Mm-mm. CRISPR is like they're they're like manipulating like cells. Yeah, I think that's where you can pick the kind of baby you want. Wow! So you can say like wow. you can do like a checklist of like I want my you know uh, green eyes and da 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 da, no. and they can just kind of. You've been watching too much sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I think this is on Vice, um, and they can just kind of like you know just like click and drag. Uh, wow, it's happening. It's just happening. Yeah. Before we run out of time, so I wanted to ask you. Oh, please. Um, if you could go back to the younger, ver- the 21-year-old version of Lily, yeah. what would you tell her? Um, I would tell her to have more fun. Tell her to lighten up um, and stop being so hard on herself. Um, and then I have to like tell myself that now sometimes because I'm like, hey... Future Lily would tell you now to <laughs> lighten up, um, but yeah. Um, so how, how do you deal with stress? Well, I am actually not very stressed out most days anymore, um, which has been awesome. Um, what was the so what was the change? The change. Was, I don't know why I made a light bulb changing. Oh, that was it's kind okay. of dumb. Yeah, you know, it's like an Indian thing. <laughs> <laughs> Bollywood. Um, lots of things growing up, um, like taking agency of what you want to do and who you are, um, and I think also just I struggled a lot with being okay with being an artist. Like that was not when I was younger. Like that wasn't something I allowed myself to really embrace. Like I was doing it, I was writing music and I was um, you know, practicing and doing all these things but I didn't allow myself to say I'm an artist and this is valid and this is what I want to do and like by doing this I'm doing not only what brings me joy but contributing something to the world. Um, and I think like, you know, all of us grow up with different things of you know, storylines of who we should be, what we should do, like, please our parents, or please society, or please any sort of internal pressure. Um, I wish that, you know, I had allowed myself to, to go for it a little earlier. But at the same time, you know, the things 
that you do in your life bring you to the spot that you're at. And um, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at right now. So. Oh, you, you kind of <laughs> jumped my next question. So, um, I, 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 for, for the sake of time, mm. uh, I ask all my guests this. Mm -hmm. Right now, what is happiness for you? Hmm. Happiness for me is doing on a day-to-day -day level what I want to do. It's, um, it's enjoying the moment. It's being true to myself and the people that I love. Um, and it's staying inspired and excited. Um, and I'm really lucky that I get to do that. Um, yeah, I'm really lucky that I get to do that and, um, and decide my own fate. Cool. Um, well, I, I know uh, you know. I know you, um, we're gonna try to get you out of here. Um, Unfortunately, I've been having such a fun time. I know we were just we were just getting started. We'll have to do a part two. Um, but you have a show coming up, right? I have a show coming up um, at Rockwood Music Hall, where you saw me. Yes. But at Stage Two. So this is like if you're looking, uh, if you're facing Rockwood, mm -hmm. it, it, it's on Allen, right? Yeah. If I remember. Is it the one on the left or the one on the right? It's the one on the right. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, um, yeah, I'm actually, I'm heading there now to catch a friend play at 3 o'clock. Um, wait, wait, let's focus on you. What's oh, the date? Okay. What's the date? Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's February 22nd, which is a Monday night, so I know that you don't have any big plans. Um, it's a 7 o'clock. I'm going to play with the full band. Okay, everybody get your calendars out. Come on over. It's free. It's going to be awesome. And, um... I think I might try and play a song from when I was 17. So. Wow. Oh, have you ever thought about doing a Spanish language album? Somebody asked me that. Um, I just, you know, I did that one cover. Yeah, which of, is amazing. So people, li listeners, I don't know why I said people. You're, you don't have to be people if you're listening. <laughs> um, uh, Lily has a song that's only on YouTube or is it can we find anywhere else it's on, it, my website. On, 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 on Lily's website um, called Te Extraño mm -hmm. which is amazing you you would you would think that you're uh, you were um, in Nicaragua or, <laughs> or, 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 or pick, pick your Spanish-speaking country well actually the, the band that uh, originally recorded is from the Bronx they're a bachata group you and know, you have a, a, a English language version of that right no, no? no it's no, just no. it's just, just that Spanish. okay um, but yeah, and then also tell your listeners that they can text me at my number that you have. Um, yep. So I'll put that out there. Yeah, put that out there. And anybody has any questions about my music or this podcast? No creepy stuff, guys. <laughs> no creepy stuff. <laughs> if you write creepy stuff, I'm going to call you out on the internet. <laughs> but you know what? Luckily, that's never happened because people that want to chat are good people. So. Yeah, isn't it weird how we have this default of like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, if you put it out there, then it's... It's what you put out there, and that's what you'll receive. Oh, totally, totally. You know, I think, like, I I choose to view the world as the good outweighing the bad. So that's generally what Me I too. see. And it's all about, it's all about perception. Right? Yeah. It's all about, you can see the world as against you, or you mm -hmm. can see the world as something that you want to embrace. Oh, yeah. It's all up to you. So many hugs. Yeah. <laughs> Lily, thank you so much. Thanks we'll have to do part me. two. I would love that. Okay. Uh, listeners, as I always say, you're a part of this con conversation too. You're just on the quiet side, so I appreciate you. Bodhisattva, go out and do good in the world. Thanks for listening.
Mira, mira, 